Hello and welcome to Rocket Fuel, your daily update for everything that's happening in the Rocket Fuel community. Today is October 26th, I'm Wack Wack Tack, so let's get started. So the first thing that we have here is um, Atlas, um, Arlok asked Maverick, he said, uh, does that mean Atlas will be completed, complete and submitted for audits after being internally reviewed, meaning LEB8 has been implemented, etc. So Kane replied by saying yes, lots of fire emojis, maybe I should add one too. Uh, finishing up some stuff now and filling out the test suite that will then test on internal testnet. Then we will open up to community testnet, apply upgrade to Gurley, and then November, December audits are booked, which is really, 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 really great to see and really exciting because there's some really good stuff in um, Atlas upgrade. So that's cool. So then, Let's take a step aside and go back to the governance stuff from yesterday. So um, Langer's posted about that in, uh, in there overnight. He said, hey everyone, much discussion, much wow. To be honest, I haven't kept up with the collateral conversation as we are deep in code review for Atlas, but I have the gist. One thing I want to be clear on is that we cannot add anything else to Atlas, even if it looks trivial. If I misinterpreted, let me know. We have full feature freeze so that we can be ready for the audits. We are in deep internal review now, progressing to internal testing shortly, then eventually community testing and audits. Just want to manage people's expectations on this. So that would mean that uh, RPIP 8, I think it was, the one that laid out LEBs would would still go forward, which was kind of vague and max collateral. Um, people um, assuming it was 100% of node protocol ETH, 150% of protocol ETH. However, later, um, Kane came in and he said it's being implemented as a percentage of ETH taken from the protocol, i.e. 2.E. Okay, so sorry. Um, so people said, you know, can you elaborate on whether this includes adjustment of the max effective collateral value for LEBs from protocol ETH to node operator ETH? And Kane said it's been implemented as a percentage of the ETH taken from protocol, 2.4 ETH worth of RPL from LEB8. Um, so this was, you know, the discussion the where we landed in the previous discussion about minimum collateral. However, I think Kane at this point was most understanding what we meant about maximum collateral, about whether it was going to be 150% node ETH or uh, protocol ETH. And so Kane says, in my opinion, if there's a strong consensus for it to be another way, as long as it's not significantly more complex option that requires a lot of code changes, it should still make it to Atlas. So that's kind of like, where the discussion was going. So then Kane um, was told that this was about the maximum, not about the minimum. And, um, you know, how should that be interpreted? So um, Kane says, to me, it's not a new feature, but clarification on the biggest part of the existing feature. It would require keeping track of both ETH taken from protocol and ETH supplied by node operator. Right now, I'm only tracking ETH taken from protocol. So then uh, Noshua says, and you don't want to do 32 minus protocol ETH, 32 times number of mini pools protocol ETH. As long as 32 never changes, I don't think it will take a week for us to know which way the vote is going with a decent amount of certainty. Um, this has already probably been discussed at great length, but if the purpose of this is to lower the maximum RPL, why is it based on node operator ETH instead of just lowering the 150%? So it stays the same as it is now for the 16 ETH mini pools and just lower for LEB 8s, no LEBs. And that discussion was going on, and um, Kane said, "I gotta say, the change 
makes a lot of sense to me. So Nosha was explaining, I think that 8 plus 12 makes sense for LEB8. If we base it on protocol ETH, that would be 50%. And I don't think people want um, 16 plus 8 for existing mini pools. So um, that's where the discussion comes from. So there was a lot of discussion happening overnight going into today. And it seems like the way things stand is that this will go to a snapshot vote where the, there will be two options and the options will be um, a mini pool will be started with X amount of ETH and then um, the protocol will provide um, 32 minus X ETH to make a full validator um, to add 32 ETH. Then the question is the maximum collateral that will be allowed for the mini pool, will it be, be based on the X from the node operator or will it be based on the 32 minus X value from the protocol. So the minimum value will be based on the protocol ETH, which will be 10% of what we borrow from the protocol. And then um, the maximum value, however, will, will, will have two options now. One option will be 150% of the value that the node operator provides or 150% of the value that the protocol provides. So there's a big swing in there and it depends on how people want to vote in accordance with that. So that's kind of where that discussion stands. It looks like it'll be going to vote very soon. If it doesn't go to vote very soon, it might not make it to Atlas. So, well, at that, at that um, point. But I think um, everyone wants to get that cleared for Atlas. So it should work out. Next, we have these updates from Joe. And he says, here's what I have on my radar. Potential for prorating RPL based on node performance. Modify time-based prorating to give people the rewards that they've generated after they're entered instead of just the average of whatever the balance is at the end. And this prevents people from mooching after the Hail Mary blocks by joining. And change time-based prorating to be per mini pool instead of per node. So you can't spin up a bunch of mini pools that get full credit. So this was yesterday afternoon that Joe made the suggestion. And this point here, the potential for prorating RPL based on node performance. So what does this mean? This means right now when you have a mini pool, depending on what your level of collateral is, you get RPL rewards based on that. So it has to be a minimum of 10%, maximum of 150%. So you get a certain percentage of rewards for that. However, that happens regardless of what your node status is. So your node could be slashed and not doing anything at all for Ethereum However, because you have the RPL staked, you'd still be getting rewards on the RPL. So the idea that Joe is presenting here is that depending on what your performance is for that month, you will get um, RPL rewards based in accordance with that. So um, this actually spurred up like a really interesting discussion. I'll paste the link for the Joe's comment there. And um, people think that it needs to go to vote to change the, the reward structure like that, obviously, because it's not what people signed up for. But um, it's definitely very interesting that um, people are, seem to be in favor of it. However, some people were calling it um, a kind of social score system or things like that, depending on like what your performances are. So the discussion that came up from there was very active and very um, lively and it went on for quite a while. So it might be worth you going back and checking that. But I think it's really cool that um, Joe is uh, bringing up that information there. So. Yeah, that gives people a lot to think about. 
Next, we have this post from Blythe, who shares a screenshot from Uphold. I think it's an email, and it said some rare new tokens. So it says, hey, as you know, Uphold specializes in low liquidity tokens that most crypto platforms never make available to you. In that spirit, we've just listed six new tokens for your wallet, um, to your wallet that are difficult to find on other exchanges. So one of those tokens is RPL. So it means that um, Rocket Pool is now listed on another prominent um, centralized exchange, which is really cool. However, people think that it's not that useful, a centralized exchange. Um, there isn't all that much it offers and um, it's like nice and it's nice to have, but it's not going to be that uh, important. However, it's another centralized exchange as more and more centralized exchanges list Rocket Pool, then it makes it more likely for the remaining um, centralized exchanges to list Rocket Pool too. The main two that we want, you know, we've got Kraken and the market, the market activity in there is quite low, but um, want Binance, want uh, Coinbase, want Gemini, want um, some of these really big, um, some of these really big exchanges, because I think that'll be really great for making uh, the RPL token available to as many people as possible. So. That's really cool. Let's have a look at what we have next. Next, we have the update from the smoothing pool over the last period, which is at that point, 26 days and eight hours, the smoothing pool accrued 200 ETH worth um, into the smoothing pool, which is absolutely amazing. It means that the rewards are going to be um, higher than they were last, last month by more than double, um, which is really wonderful as well. And um, you know, the smoothing pool has got now 71.37% of all nodes are in the smoothing pool, 46% of all mini pools are in the smoothing pool. It's really great to see that that's, the uptake has been so great. And now we have over 200 ETH. I think as of today, we have 207 or 208 ETH in there. So it might be that we have over 210 by the time the rewards period ends in about 13 hours time. I think 14 hours time. So that's really wonderful, like that the smoothing pool is working so successfully, it's working so well. Um, every couple of days you get some little grumbles from people who are like, oh, I just got a two ETH block and I'm giving it to the smoothing pool. <laughs> but I think people are doing it in good spirits. Um, there've been very few people who said, I think I'm going to leave the smoothing pool because it's better for me to go out on my own. I think I can only think of three or four people who have done that. I talked about it in trading. The vast majority of people seem to be happy that they're in the smoothing pool. They understand that just because you get a nice block this month doesn't mean you're ever going to get a nice block like that ever again. And it might be that you go months sometimes without getting any blocks at all. As you can see, here we have um, nearly 1,200 smoothing pools and 24, sorry, 4,200 mini pool sorry let me start again we have 1200 nodes in the smoothing pool and we have 4200 um mini pools so the average number of mini pools that each uh, node operator in the smoothing pool has is about 3.5 um around that much so maybe a little bit less um and that in itself is not that means you you know if you have 3.5 um mini pools that means you get a proposal every three or four weeks on average, maybe every three weeks on average, I think. And the median amount of the average, the median amount of proposal is somewhere around 0.02 ETH, I think. Um, so even if all your uh, mini pools were getting 
proposals that month, then the smoothing pool would still be a better option. And I think Ken's numbers were like the for ninety percent of people, the smoothing the smoothing pool would be a better better option. I know for me this month the smoothing pool is a better option, even though I had a zero point one ETH proposal. Um, it still works out better for me to be in the smoothing pool. So that's really great, and um, I'm happy that with that, you know. So I'm really happy this smoothing pool is doing so well. I think so much so that um, other um, other uh, teams of companies now are trying to think of how to do a smoothing pool of their own. I think I saw a tweet yesterday about Dapnode wanting to explore how they could uh, do a smoothing pool. However, they will learn very soon that they'll have an issue that the Rocket Pool smoothing pool has, which is the possibility of cheating um, your MEV, knowing that you know your block is coming in, leaving the smoothing pool and then getting the block and then going back into the smoothing pool potentially. It's like there's there's ways of cheating the smoothing pool to not pay into it. Thankfully, you know the Rocket Pool smoothing pools kind of understood that and mitigated that to some extent. However, um, I don't know if Dapnode or others will have that in place to do that. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Next, we have finally we have this comment, uh, this tweet thread from Evan, who's um, IB1 gymnast. He says, "Hey guys, I wrote something. I hope you like it." And there's a tweet, and the title of it is "A Novel Way to Value RPL." So let's have a look. So um, let me give this a like. There we go, and let me give it a retweet. Um, so Evan uh, writes a thread about novel way to uh, value RPL. So he says, Rocket Pool is a service and its product is the liquid staking derivative RETH. To make Rocket Pool permissionless, node operators are required to supply a bond of 10% of the ETH they borrow to spin up their nodes by purchasing RPL and staking it. So that's the minimum 10%. This mechanism drives demand for the RPL token. The RPL ETH ratio will fluctuate up and down with market dynamics, but the underlying fundamental value of the RPL token will be driven by the node operator growth, which leads to our ETH supply growth. I've been thinking about how to articulate this more formally since early August, but haven't sat down to work it out until now. And then there was a comment from August the 7th where Evan says, um, an interesting way to potentially trade RPL by mapping the average network collateralization ratio and Rocket Pool's percent share of the LSD market. You can figure out how oversold or overheated RPL is and then trade it when it's outside of a standard deviation of the historical mean. You could create a 3D heat map, kind of. So that's an interesting perspective. So now uh, Evan's here to kind of like draw it out. He says, turns out the above idea was too difficult to realize. However, in my six-month RPL thesis update, Jasper pointed out that the RPL, sorry, that the ETH supply and the RPL ETH ratio were both up 65% in the six months. Um, the supply of our ETH goes up 65%. The value of our ETH, uh, RPL goes up 65%. So, what's going on here? Um, what's going on here is that. Um, Evan says, I think there's something there. Uh, let's expand on that relationship. What if we divide the RPL ETH ratio by the number of R ETH that has been minted up to that point and graphed it out over time? I conceptualize this as an incremental demand for RPL for each R ETH that is minted. He says, why is this useful? Because if we can predict how much R ETH we think will be minted in the future, we can arrive at a price target for RPL. Let's hypothesize how we think the chain will look before we make it. 
when the protocol went live on mainnet back in November of last year, the RPL ETH ratio was about 0.011. On the first day of the protocol went live, about 80 R ETH was minted, data from Rocketscan.io. Today, there's been about 150,000 R ETH minted since the protocol went live. Because the number of R ETH is the denominator, the chart should exhibit an asymptomatic a behavior downwards to eventually oscillate around some terminal value. Graphing a rolling 30-day median of the RPL ETH ratio divided by the increasing R ETH supply over time, we get the vertical axis has been scaled by a factor of 10 to the power 6. It also started the data on December 8th, the first day we had full 30 days of historic data. Cool. So then there's a chart here where it's kind of trended down over time, but then balanced out um, over dates. And then it says the new metric is the incremental demand for RPL for each new ETH that gets minted, all denominated in ETH. Let's call this new metric fundamental demand for RPL. So let's come up with um, that RPL price target. We'll take yesterday's value for the new metric, RPL's found fundamental demand, which already bakes in previous 30 days since it's a rolling median, and multiply it by, I guess, for how many RETH we think will be minted in the future. We get, and then there's a formula of the of the RETH amount and the RPL ratio, and he says it's a cool 7.5x above the current RPL ratio. Sweet. Funnily enough, I multiplied the graph by a factor of a million, um, which also happens to be the rough estimate for the future RETH supply. I think we may see, uh, so this graph is actually uh, RPL ETH ratio prediction, but only the last 30 days is what is really relevant. So let's graph the price of RPL should do as RP RETH supply increases. We'll use yesterday's fundamental value, which is 1.23496 times 10 to the 7, 10 to the minus 7, sorry, as the slope of our graph. I circled where we are on the graph today at 150,000 RETH total supply and between a 0.016 and 0.018 RPL ETH ratio. So there's a circle on the graph right here in the bottom left corner. You can, it's kind of hidden by my, my face there, but it's kind of like in the bottom left corner and then there's a straight line pretty much going upwards and he says we should see the RPL ETH ratio fluctuate above or below this line over time but it should follow this line for the most part and then uh, Rocket Pool continues to be a force for decentralization in the Ethereum ecosystem and remains the most profitable way to stake. I expect to see continued protocol growth in the future and excited to see what it holds for Rocket Pool um, and then tag some people for their feedback and um then there was some discussion about that. So yeah, this is really great. So according to Evan here, if we hit 1 million R ETH um, minted, which is 2 million um, ETH staked, then we have um, a 0.12 ratio, which is a 7.5 times ratio from here, which is really nice. And people seem to think that we could hit those numbers around the period in the great reshuffle as... Um, Anthony Sasano calls it in the period after withdrawals, where people leave Lido and Coinbase and come to places like Rocket Pool. Um, maybe we can get a million new stakers, you know, and with LEB8s going live at the same time, we'll be able to double the amount of ETH, no, sorry, three times the amount of ETH that each mini pool can lift, which is absolutely amazing. So 
there's a scope there for that to happen. So this is really exciting. Um, of course, it's not a price prediction. It's not a, well, it's not investment advice, I should say, not financial advice, but is something that Evan has been working on, which is really cool to see. So thank you for sharing that, Evan. Thank you for everything today. And I hope you all have a lovely Wednesday and I'll see you all tomorrow. Bye.